The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration. Whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer, it's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very happy Friday morning to you. It is August 18th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. End of the week. Thank you so much for joining us. I got up this morning, looked at my phone. (laughs) It shows me what the current temperature is at my location. A lovely 58 degrees. That is, I think they said we are about 10 degrees cooler this yeah. morning than yesterday. Yeah, at least, well, but yeah, when I got up yesterday morning, it was like 72 degrees. Okay, so even more even than more. that. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, that is so nice. <laughs> so I stepped outside, took a big, deep breath of that cool air, and uh, then got then went to work. Well, and here I am. How wonderful for yes, you. Thank, thank I you. noticed a big change uh, yeah. this morning, too. It did. It felt great just having that cool. We need those cool mornings. That, the, it'll warm up plenty. Oh, yeah. But we just can't start the day at 72 degrees. That's just not <laughs> yeah. right for Portland. It was still warm yesterday. I, I actually did go out for a walk yesterday, and it was still hot. I, I didn't, you know, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a little cooler. Yeah, it was still like 93. And so by the time I, I cut my walk short because it's like, mm, I could go a little longer. And it's like, mm, I don't think so. Do you do back-to-back walking days? Would you? Oh, easily. Yes. Okay. If the weather's conducive. So go out today and do that afternoon walk because it may not even hit 80 degrees today. Yeah, they're saying 78. Yeah. That's nice. So that is pretty nice. You could even play tennis. Yeah. Now, what the thing to watch for now, though, is going to be the smoke and haze to yeah. see how much we've got moving in. That's but what they're saying. Nonetheless, what a beautiful way to I'll kick off that. your weekend. You know who's really happy about these cooler temps? Who's that? My plants. Are they? They were looking a little sad yesterday. Aww. Yeah. So even with watering, that, you know, 100 degree heat, that's just... You know, they're not used to that. No, no, not at all. Yeah. And they suck up a lot of waters or trying to maintain my front my front hanging plants again. It was another bust of a year. They're hanging in there, but they're not lush like they should yeah. be. So I don't know what I'm going to do for next year. I'm uh-huh. just going to, you know, sh- keep going along, plant different things. I think I need to plant deeper uh potted yeah, plants. I think yeah. it's a little too shallow. There's not enough dirt in there to keep it real moist, but we'll try again. See, I read the labels when I buy my hanging baskets and my plants for the front because I want to make sure they are the ones that can take full sun because mm-hmm. I get full sun in front of my house. Yes. So they, they, you know, they do fine, but they just were looking a little sad. Okay. Yeah. Well, they just wanted give some them, cool weather. They wanted a little cool weather, a little, uh, you know, f- plant food and just a little bit of your, t- your talking to them, yeah. David, you go out there and talk to them and encourage them to grow. That's they right. like that. You know, it's growing my tomatoes. Are they? They are looking really good. Haven't ri- haven't ripened enough to pick them yet, but they're getting close. Okay. Getting close. Getting I, big and getting close. I want you to pick your best specimen and bring it in for us to examine and right. we'll talk about it. I will do that. All right. Yeah. You know, David, we can't get too far into the show today, too. Uh, the Mater Day Radio family has grown by two yes, feet. Yes, it has. <laughs> That's wonderful. A big congratulations to our production engineer, Aaron Earhart. 
uh, on the birth of his daughter. Oh, he showed us some pictures yesterday. Very sweet. Congratulations. How about that? Isn't that great? We were yeah. all excited. We were just, we kept checking our phones and nobody wanted to ask an update because obviously they were busy. Yeah. But then we got word then and we prayed for them. And then within an hour, we got pictures of, yeah. of this new little baby. So congratulations to them and uh, their their baby and, yeah. and lots of uh, happy sleepless nights. <laughs> yes, exactly. And with that, we'll get the show going. What do you got coming up? All right. Well, after returning from World Youth Day, a popular bishop says the dumbing down of our faith has been going on too long. All right. You know who's heading this way, possibly? <gasps> Hurricane Hillary. Whoa. What yeah, is she doing over here? I know. I'll tell you about that coming up. we got a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. Here's Father Rob Galea, No Greater Love. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
And that is Father Rob Galea, No Greater Love. It is 7.08 at Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning. You know, I'm just looking at the calendar, not next weekend, but the weekend following. That's Labor Day weekend already. Oh. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, just like that. Boom. Just Labor like that. Oh, we got a couple weeks, but anyway, just I was looking at it, so it kind of shocked me. Uh, you know what's coming up next weekend, though? Oh, great event. Good wine, good jazz. Yeah, Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Matre Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. The average smartphone has more than 40 apps installed, and most of them are never used. Clear this clutter from your phone and make Matre Radio's Hail Mary Media app your go-to spiritual resource. It's got everything you need to grow in holiness, including a huge library of enriching prayers, liturgy of the hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, and a personalized schedule of your daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also contains a stream of Matre Radio's live broadcast, podcast of our original shows, including programs not heard on the radio. Plus, you'll find fun things to do on the interactive community calendar, Catholic news, and so much more. The Hail Mary Media app has everything you need to grow closer to Christ all in one place. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the iOS App Store, Google Play, or MatraDayRadio.com. Declutter your phone and turn to the Hail Mary Media app from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 7-11 here at Monster Day Radio. Very mild morning. Mm -hmm. David, you have just been smiling all day. Uh, It's a nice way to kick off the weekend. We're nearly 10 degrees cooler this morning than yesterday. By lunchtime today, we're sitting right at 71 degrees. Then this afternoon, climb to the upper 70s. Might hit 80 in some areas. Overnight, cooling off to 54 degrees. Then tomorrow, lots of sunshine. Might see more of that haze and wildfire smoke, though, kind of filling the area. 87 degrees. And then Sunday, heating up again. Temperatures climbing back into the low 90s. But then it's supposed to drop back again next week. Correct. So, yeah. uh, A very pleasant 59 degrees at Holy Trinity Church in Beaverton. And it is 61 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church in Vancouver. So I've got some questions for you. Do you like excellent wine and food? 
Do you like to listen to great live music in a beautiful park setting? And do you like gorgeous August evenings? Who doesn't? Well, we have an awesome time for you coming up. It is the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival, August 25th through the 27th at Esther Short Park in downtown Vancouver. The event's founder and artistic director and a very good friend to Mater Day Radio, Michael Kissinger, joins us this morning with all of the details. How are you, my friend? I am Excellent, David. How are you and Brenda doing? We are doing wonderful. Great to have you on this morning. Thanks for getting up. Are you an early riser? Well, I I am on occasion. I am today, and I'm sitting here looking (laughs) out at all the beautiful birds uh, munching on the sunflower seeds, and I'm just having a nice... Nice little cappuccino, getting ready to chat with you guys. Oh, well, that sounds wonderful. Maybe maybe listening to a a little jazz music this morning? Occasionally, yes. Yes, (laughs) I I would imagine. So, well, look at the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival. Great event. A lot of fun, as I mentioned in the open. So, how many years now? This is our 23rd year, amazingly, 23rd year. You know, we were canceled of course two years uh, during covid sure. so we came back last year uh with tremendous success people uh, people were just so ready to get back and um so this year is is our 23rd year would have been our 25th so this is our 23rd annual festival well we're going to give you the 25 anyway just you know because <laughs> you deserve it so when you first started this thing did you ever think it would be going this long Actually, I did. Nice. Um, that, that's that's the that was the idea. That's the vision, and I and I hope it outlives. I hope it outlives me. Hope it outlives us. Um, it's uh, you know we we really started this with the idea that it would be a huge cultural arts event that would feature jazz and blues and and all kinds of uh, music related to that genre, as well as visual arts and. You know, I really think of wine as an enological art. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is a craft. Sure. So we, we really consider it uh, part of the culture of the Pacific Northwest. So the idea of blending all of these things of, of great music and fine art and uh, wine, all of those things together, uh, really had that vision many, many years ago. Well, and I think, too, just how things have evolved since you started this 25 years ago. And, I mean, look at the work they've done on the uh, waterfront right there by Esther Short Park. I mean, it's just kind of an amazing transformation. It really, you know, you're right. If people have not seen it, if uh, if they haven't seen the new development at Esther, right around Esther Short and all the Vancouver waterfront, it's really quite stunning. And... You know, I know the people that were involved with that, and they've they were really thinking about this 35, 40 years ago. Yeah. And that's the that's the vision, and things like that take a long time. I mean, it, it's not a turnkey event. So, all of that new development, all of the things that have been built up over the years uh, in downtown Vancouver. You know, you used to come across the I five bridge, and I remember when, uh, when I first moved here 30 years ago. The, the big thing that you would see was this gigantic L and it was the, uh, it was the, the sign for the lucky lager beer factory. That Exactly. You would see that coming yeah. across the I five bridge, you know? And, uh, and so the transformation has just been 
dramatic, actually. No, no, it's beautiful. And then your event, the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival, again, speaking with Michael Kissinger, the founder and artistic director, just fits so nicely in there now. And explain to folks a little bit about it, the the, the layout of the event, because it really is, it's a comfortable event. That's, you know, not only is it wonderful just from everything that's there, but it's comfortable to go to. People enjoy it. You know, you're right. I, I'm sitting here actually looking at, um, we have some photos on the website. They just sort of scroll through, and I'm looking at some of these photos. And we do the festival at Esther Short Park. We fence off the entire park, so it's a two-square-block area of uh, park in downtown Vancouver. And actually, Esther Short Park is, a, is the oldest public square in the Pacific Northwest, so it's a very historic mm. Uh, location to begin with. So it's a beautiful location. It's right in the downtown uh, heart of downtown Vancouver. When people come in to the festival, they bring a blanket, they bring a lawn chair, a low back chair. And it's interesting because we'll open the gates at 11 on Saturday morning. Well, there are people there waiting outside the gate to get in because they want to come in and stake out their territory. You know, they want to put their blanket down or their lawn chair down dead center or underneath a tree or, you know, they have their place that they sort of stake it out. It reminds me of of the people that would go down and and put the tape around the area for the Portland Rose Festival, you know, so that you say, that's my spot. That's it right there. Yeah, that's right there. So it's a very comfortable setting in the sense that it's in a park, it's outdoor. The thing that's very unique and different about uh, this festival is that we we fence off the entire park so that when people come in, they can, um, if they want to get a glass of wine, they can grab a glass of wine. They can walk throughout the park with their wine. They can look at the art. They can get something to eat. They can bring that food back and sit down on their blanket or in their in their lawn chair, have a glass of wine, have their uh, lunch or their dinner, and listen to some great music. The entire setting, the way that we lay this out, you know, we really think of the park as kind of this blank canvas on which we paint this entire festival. So it's not randomly laid out. It's very carefully thought out. So we have artists, we have exhibitors of different kinds, we have wineries, we have restaurants, we have all of these things painted on this canvas of Mm. the park so that when people come in, they want to go everywhere. They want to walk around everywhere and look at everything. So I've estimated it takes you about two and a half hours. If you were to spend about five minutes or so at each location, if you got a glass of wine and you just walked around and ambled throughout the park and looked at all the things, it would take you about two and a half hours to to go around and look at everything and talk to the exhibitors, talk to the vendors, look at the art and spend some time. And that's the kind of culture experience that you want to create for people. No, it's wonderful. Again, Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival, August 25th through the 27th, Esther Short Park, downtown Vancouver. VancouverWineJazz.com is the website. I got to look at that again, VancouverWineJazz.com. You can get your tickets there. Great website, tons of information on there. Give me a couple of your acts, musical acts playing, because I know you've got a great lineup. We can't go through them all before we run out of time. But again, just a great musical lineup. Oh, David, I, I built this I built this lineup for you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> I, I I know one I'm seeing on Friday night. That is for sure. Tommy Castro. <laughs> Well, a Friday night headline is Tommy Castro and the Painkillers. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. We've had, I've, I've produced probably 
500 concerts over the past X number of years. But uh, some of these some of these musicians we have once, some we bring back one or two times. But Tommy Castro is a great blues musician. I mean, he's sort of this oh. working man's blues musician. Phenomenal. He really is. Yeah. And phenomenal musician and a really just a very kind person as well. Um, I think we had him here maybe 10 years ago or so, but he just won uh, the 2022 B.B. Uh, King Blues Entertainer of the Year, the Blues uh, American Blues Awards. Nice. Uh, yeah, and so he's just uh, his band is a great band. They're great musicians. It's just it's it's fun music. It's high energy. It's just great blues music. So for Friday night, it's a perfect um, a perfect uh, headline act for Friday night. On Saturday, well, we have there's 20 concerts throughout the weekend, um, and I would say probably Saturday. What it's tough call. You know, we have um, Sue Foley, who's a great blues musician. I have Allison Brown. She is a uh, banjo player mm-hmm. and uh, three-time Grammy-winning uh, banjo player, but she plays bluegrass, G-R-A-Z-Z. So mm-hmm. it's this combination of bluegrass and uh, kind of roots music, American folk music, and jazz. Uh, Bonarama from New Orleans, which is a New Orleans uh, a brass band. They they do they do jazz, they do blues, they do funk, they do rock. They combine all of this stuff in this really high-powered, high-energy show. And then on Saturday night we um, we end with Spyro Gyro. Mm, and wow, what a legend! I know you you will. I mean, you know all of these guys, David. Yeah. You're a you're a music guy, but Spyro Gyro they've been around for 50 years, yeah. if you can imagine. Amazing uh, that that kind of longevity in the music business is just unheard of. You know, we just lost uh, Tony Bennett. Yeah, and so you know, guys like that they they're few and far between. Spyro Gyro is one of those groups. They started out in 1974 in uh, Buffalo, New York, and they've just been touring the world ever since. They they have uh, platinum and and uh, gold albums, uh, and they've probably logged. I think they've logged six thousand or so concerts over the past uh, you know past fifty years. On Sunday, great acts, great local bands as well. These are all good friends of ours that we perform with or that uh, that we know. Um, but Sunday night, I'm looking forward to our headline act is Blind Boys of Alabama. Yeah, wonderful. Um, they are, yeah, they're five-time Grammy not, Grammy winners, and they're Gospel Music Hall of Fame. They are, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, people people that hear them, they sometimes they don't even realize they're in church, you know, they're being preached to. <laughs> right. But they... <laughs> They are they are devout Christian men. They're phenomenal singers. They, you know, they sing blues and and yeah. roots music and gospel. But they're um, they're they're there's something about them that is just deeply soulful. So yeah, right. Um, so we've got everything. You yeah, know? It's, it's a it's a wide range from blues to fusion to jazz standards to um, to rock and funk and gospel. So it's a real mix of yeah, music. It's fantastic. Again, VancouverWineJazz.com, all the information there. Michael Kissinger, founder, artistic director, Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival, August 25th through the 27th, Esther Short Park, downtown Vancouver. Gotta run, Michael. We could talk all morning long, music, you know, and in fact, we did on our podcast. So we did. Go back and look at the on the go. And so, hey, great to talk with you. We'll we'll talk some more here before uh, the event and just always appreciate it. All right, my brother. Take care. All right. God bless. It is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. 
I have been I'm getting before. excited. Are you getting oh, excited? Absolutely. Next weekend. Next one week weekend. from today, actually, yeah. right? And we got a real treat, too, because next week... We've got tickets that we're going to be giving away on the Morning Blend. Michael, so generous yeah. for Mater Day Radio, and we really appreciate it. So we're going to start giving away tickets next Monday. Yep. And we'll have packages available for you. So tune into the Morning Blend. Oh, can I call in, too? <laughs> yes, you can. I know when I'm going. <laughs> oh, do you? We talked about Tommy Castro. Okay, that's when you're going to be oh, there. Oh, fantastic. All right, yeah. I might try to see All if the right. good deacon will join us. So listen to The Morning Blend. And, of course, as David said, you can listen to the podcast more with uh, Michael Kissinger on On The Go. And also that interview that you just heard, find it all at matradayradio.com. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 727 at Mater Day Radio. Hurricane Hillary spinning in Baja heading this way. We'll have the details in the news. And after returning from World Youth Day, popular bishop says, stop dumbing down our faith. I'll have that story for you coming up in four minutes. Here is Francesca Battistelli. He knows my name. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
that is Francesca Battistelli. He knows my name. It is 730 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, parts of the Southwest and Southern California are bracing for the arrival of Hurricane Hillary, which has intensified into a Category 4 storm as it nears Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. It's expected to weaken over the weekend as it brings rain and the threat of flooding to the region. Hillary was churning about 425 miles south of Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, early this morning with sustained winds of 100 40 miles per hour with stronger gusts, according to the National Hurricane Center. Heavy rainfall is expected to begin impacting the southwest today through early next week. Weekend flood watches have been issued across Southern California, stretching from San Diego to Los Angeles as residents prepare for potential deluges. Now, if Hillary makes landfall in California as a tropical storm, it will be a rare occurrence. The first such storm there in nearly 84 years and would be only the third tropical storm or stronger to do so on record. So, yeah, very unusual. Now, for us here in Oregon, Mm -hmm. we could actually see some rainfall. Just kind of the remnants remnants, of that falling apart. Yeah, coming up. So we'll have to watch that for early next week to see if it makes it here. I'm going to talk to my mom and dad and see what they're doing there in San Diego area. Bishop Robert Barron of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota this week argued that events such as the recently concluded World Youth Day are not only relevant to the Catholic Church, but also essential to counteract what he said has been the practice of dumbing down the faith too much for too long. In an interview with EWTN, he was asked what makes World Youth Day so special. Barron argued that people are hungry for God, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they feel it directly or not. Barron said young people don't want an uncertain trumpet. They don't want a vacillating message. They want something clear. And when they get it, they respond to it. The bishop reflected on his own generation, which he said got a dumbed down Catholicism that has been a pastoral disaster. That assessment, he argued, is not just my private opinion, but is reflected in every survey showing more people disaffiliating from the Catholic faith. Well, this is pretty amazing, but a man scaled the Eiffel Tower in Paris on Thursday, then parachuted off the iconic landmark. Towers management company said the man was detected in less than a minute by security after entering the site. Attempts by the Towers Intervention Brigade to tour him from prov- uh, proved unsuccessful, and he went ahead with his jump from the attraction. So he landed on the roof of a nearby sports center before being arrested by police. The tower was slightly delayed in opening on Thursday morning due to the incident. Now, this is an incident is the latest in a series of security breaches over the past week at the site. Two American men were discovered on Monday after spending a drunken night on the Eiffel Tower, according to the Monuments Management Company. Then on Saturday, there was a bomb threat at the Eiffel Tower, and uh, nothing came of it. It was, again, delayed the opening a little bit, but still some random stuff at the Eiffel Tower. Wow. I'm impressed that he was able to get a parachute up through security. You know that yeah. you, have, you must go through security to get up there. They didn't think anything suspicious about this big puffy backpack. Back, yeah. hmm. Good good question. Bargaining teams from Evergreen Public School and the Evergreen Education Association have brought in 
a state mediator to help reach a tentative agreement amid stalled contract negotiations. Union President Christy Peake said that if the two sides can't reach a tentative agreement by the union's membership meeting on August 23rd, the union will likely vote on whether to authorize a strike. Even in that event, however, Peake said the union would continue bargaining until a deal is reached. As of Wednesday, Peake said the two sides are not close to an agreement. Evergreen's proposed three-year contract would feature a 4.7% raise in the 2023-24 school year, including what's provided in the annual state-funded inflationary bonus known as the implicit price deflator. The second year, the contract will feature a 0.5% raise in addition to the deflator. And the final year, staff would only receive what's provided by the implicit price deflator. A district representative said the district's bargaining teams hopes the addition of a mediator will advance talks. The union's current contract expires August 31st this month. The school year begins August 30th. All right. As a parent with a child who's going into his senior year of high school in the Evergreen School District, this makes me very, very nervous. <laughs> a little nervous there. No, didn't they have this happen a couple years ago? I, it seems like this is just, yeah. a, it happens continually. And we always know that the, the people that suffer the most are the kids because if they end up going on strike and school is delayed, they tack those days on uh, the end right. of the year. And uh, we don't want to well, do that. Let's see if we can get out. this together. We've yeah. got a couple more weeks. All right. In sports, University of Portland women's soccer team opened the 2023 regular season by shutting out Cal State Northridge one to nothing last night at Matador Soccer Field. Pilots controlled the match from start to finish as senior striker Nedia Sawan tallied the game winner early in the first half, and Portland would not allow a shot on goal through regulation. Sawan's goal was the 20th of her career as she became the 31st pilot to score 20 or more goals. And pilot junior goalkeeper Bree Norris notched her 20th career shutout, which ranks eighth in program history. Portland concludes its season opening road trip on Saturday at defending NCAA champion and preseason number one UCLA. That's scheduled for 2 p.m. with live video coverage on the Pac-12 network. So that'll be a challenge right there. Many Catholics from an older generation will remember... The midnight fast. It meant that one could not eat before mass starting from the midnight before. Do you recall that? Like for Sunday mornings, like no breakfast before mass. Yeah. I just remember getting up and no no breakfast. No breakfast and going to church. Right. Okay. For this reason, Masses were generally celebrated at dawn and Mass in the evening were extremely rare. Few people wanted to fast all day long before attending Mass and receiving communion. This practice of fasting before Mass is an ancient discipline present as early as the 2nd century. It remained in place until Pope Pius XII reduced the fast to three hours in 1957. The fast was further shortened in 1964 when Pope Paul VI lowered it to one hour before reception of communion. The current code of canon law reflects this change and states a person who is to receive the most holy Eucharist is to abstain for at least one hour before Holy Communion from any food and drink except for only water and medicine. 
However, in some cases, those rules do not apply. It also says the elderly, the infirm, and those who care for them can receive the Most Holy Eucharist, even if they have eaten something within the preceding hour. Jesus knew the power of fasting and went into the desert without food for 40 days before setting out on his public ministry. Fasting builds up our spiritual strength, and the church asks us to complete the simple task every time we receive communion for our own benefit. Just like any athlete, we need to exercise discipline and fasting is great for building up those spiritual muscles. Without fasting, we are weak and our passions drive us to whatever the wind blows. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And remember now to the end of August, Catholic Community Services of Lane County's Back to School Drive is happening all month long. CCS of Lane County will have drop-off barrels at participating locations in Eugene and Springfield where you can leave new school supplies to donate. These supplies and backpacks will be distributed free of charge to families enrolled in its supportive services programs. Donors also have the option to make an online donation and let CCS do the shopping. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, we got a real treat for you coming up. We are going to talk with the CYO's keynote speaker for the Champions of Faith dinner coming up in October. Here's a hint for you. She is an incredible golfer. <gasps> is yeah, she? it's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Join Mater Dei Radio and Holy Cross Priest, Father Stephen Kaith, in a prayer for vocations. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord of the harvest, your word finds a home in our hearts, calls us into community, and invites us to generous service of the human family. Bless with courage and spirit your priestly people call to full participation in the one body of Christ. May many choose to respond in public service to your call offered in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. 
Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mantra Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.42 here at Mater Day Radio. Very mild morning kickoff this weekend. Currently nearly 10 degrees cooler this morning than yesterday. By lunchtime, we're sitting at 71 degrees. And this afternoon, highs climb to the upper 70s. Might even be hitting 80 degrees, depending on where you are. Then overnight, we cool off to 54 degrees. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine. But we may see more wildfire smoke in the air. 87 degrees. Sunday heating up again into the 90s, but then will temperatures ease off as we move into next week? It is currently 61 degrees at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. And it is 62 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. For some, the plans to attend World Youth Day 2023 began months, even years ago. And the COVID pandemic caused the event to be postponed for a full year. But still, groups here in the United States came together to hear details, begin fundraising events and gather their important documents and headed to Europe for World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal. For one week, hundreds of thousands prayed together, listened to their featured speakers and musical groups and were finally sent back to their home country countries with a mission from Pope Francis to change the world. We are fortunate to have our former intern Bernadette Curl give us regular updates on her pilgrimage journey to Lisbon. She is back from the event and joining me this morning for one last update. Good morning, Bernadette. Thanks so much for coming this morning. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. I got to say, I was so excited every time I opened up my email and I saw another one of your updates, more pictures that you had sent from your event. Just overall, give us your feelings and emotion looking back now as you kind of put the last bookend on this event. What was the experience like for you looking back? Yes, looking back, I, we're just trying to process everything. Yeah, It was such an amazing experience. Um Basically, from 8 a.m. to midnight every day, we had activities. We were going somewhere. We were walking somewhere. We were hearing some lecture, going to mass. And there was just so much packed into those three weeks that we're just having a great time looking back at pictures, writing down what we can remember, little little things, little interactions with people that we had that we had forgotten about, just trying to document all of it so we can remember it because there was so many, so many amazing experiences on the trip. So remind our listeners, you had joined a group here in Oregon, then that grew a little bit to a a United States group and then an international group. Just tell our listeners a little bit about the group you met and some of the places you visited before you actually got to Lisbon. Yes. So our group from uh, Oregon specifically was about 20 people, mostly from St. Matthew, a couple from some surrounding parishes. And then in Paris, which was our first destination, we met up with uh, a parish from Seattle and a parish from San Antonio, both missionaries of the Holy Spirit parishes. And so that group totaled about 65 people. And so we spent uh, about a week in France with those 65 people. It felt like a really big group at first. By the end, it felt like a very small group compared to the other groups we were a part of later on. 
Um, so that was our first week in France. Uh, toured Paris. Father Peter Arteaga led us uh, um, to different churches and holy sites. We then went to uh, Chartres and then Lourdes for a full day, which was my personal favorite experience. Bernadette, when we were preparing for your pilgrimage journey and we got a chance to talk to you, one of the things that you said before you left that one of the be- the places you were most looking forward to was Lourdes. Bernadette, St. Bernadette, your patron saint there in that beautiful grotto. Can you share your experience there and what that was like? Yes, it was. It's still so unbelievable that I was able to be there. We were able to stay uh, the one night we were there in a hotel, just a small hotel, girls in one place, boys in the other place. But the girls' hotel was on the path that St. Bernadette took down to the grotto. There was a blue line on the path that marked where she had walked. And so I just was able to stand there and we walked by her house. And being in the grotto as well, the grotto site and the surrounding basilicas, again, it felt like a dream. It's... It was so incredible, especially being able to touch the grotto itself. You could just, you could feel the holiness. Even with the large amount of crowds there, it still felt so peaceful. That's one thing that really struck me looking back on it was how peaceful the experience was. Just the whole place radiated peace and it was amazing. Now, along the way, you said that your group had kind of grown, all missionaries Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. At each one of the places, were you able to celebrate Mass or celebrate reconciliation with your group and really have time to get to know all of the people? Yes, we were. So we had personal Masses, not quite every day, maybe every other day in some of the churches we stopped in. So uh, we did in Paris a couple times. And then in Chartres, we had a Mass in the crypt that Father Peter was able to to reserve, which was, that's like the oldest part of the church there, probably from like the 10th century, 10th mm-hmm. or 11th century, which was amazing. Um, and then once we got to Spain too as well and met up with the 100 other pilgrims from uh, uh, missionary parishes in Spain and Mexico, we also had a lot of time for masses and prayer and we had a full retreat day actually, which was a little difficult because everything was in Spanish, but we had some people who were super nice and super eager to help us translate. Um, so that, that whole time in Madrid and Spain was a time to get to know people, especially, and to have time of prayer and reflection. If you are just tuning in, Bernadette Curl is back from her pilgrimage to World Youth Day. She's joining us this morning for one last recap to just kind of tie a bow on this entire event and let us know about what it was like being there on the ground with really what we found out later on, millions. Over a million people were there in Lisbon. So on which day did you finally make that trip into Lisbon? Yes. So, right. So our first week was in France. Uh, we spent about a week in Spain, mostly in Madrid. And then finally, our third week, I'm blanking on the exact day, mm-hmm. but it was week three. We made our way to Portugal. Uh, we stopped in Toledo for a quick trip, but then uh, got in in Lisbon late at night. It was... Monday, I believe. So whatever day that Monday was, it was late that night. Um, and we just went straight to bed after that, basically, and yeah. were, got prepared for the next couple of days. So as you got into the city, were you, did you get the sense that something in this city was preparing to happen? I mean, was there signs around the city that, you know, World Youth Day was happening? Were pilgrims like really mm-hmm. out on the streets? Could you really get a sense that a celebration was about to take place. Yes, we could feel it even 
a couple hours out away from Lisbon because some of the rest stops we stopped at, just normal gas stations, had specific like bathrooms and a tent, tent set up for World Youth Day pilgrims specifically. And we also got stopped at the border too, which is not normal. Usually they don't stop people at the border, but they were checking buses and everything. The, the police were super nice. They're really excited to have all of us there. But they had police in from Spain, too, not just from Portugal, I think maybe even other countries as well, just because of the massive amount of people that were coming in. And we arrived at night, so we didn't get to see a lot of the pilgrims, you know, on the streets yet or anything. But in our bus, we were super excited. We started, like, singing songs and, like, cheering as we got into Lisbon. Like, we, we, could, we could feel it, even though we couldn't see everything since it was dark out. Bernadette, you, along with, again, we, we come to know that there were many registered, many more uh, showed up for the event. You had a, a place that you could stay there in Lisbon. Tell our listeners about how that worked out for you. Yes. So we stayed uh, probably about a 30 minute train, li- train ride outside of downtown Lisbon itself in kind of a an outside town. I don't know if it's a city officially, but like a district and we were in kind of the district where they were keeping the Spanish-speaking pilgrims because we were part of the Missionaries okay. of the Holy Spirit group. And it was right by the beach, actually. So it was a lot cooler there. The sunsets were beautiful. We got to go to the beach at the end of each day and uh, just decompress and unwind. It was it was a very nice experience. And then me and my siblings were randomly chosen to stay with a host family there, actually. So we... The other pilgrims stayed at a gym again, and then uh, they cycled through um, an Airbnb that Father Peter had rented. So okay. people got turns to spend the night and take showers, which was nice. But then my siblings and I got to stay with a host family, which was a very special experience. Oh, how wonderful. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that host family. Did they just volunteer their home and say we'd be willing to take pilgrims? Yes. I think there were a lot of families in the area like that because we saw different houses that had the world youth day flag outside of them and i think it was in spanish but i think written on it was or portuguese uh but written on it was something along the lines of like host family for world youth day so you could tell which houses were hosting people and so there were two houses i think that volunteered to uh host people from our group so my me and my two siblings and then two other uh, women as well got to stay with uh the very kind host woman oh Perfect. How wonderful to know that we talk about the universal church and it is, it's hard to think of it as a whole world. But when you get to the country that just these little acts of, of grace happen in the lives of so many people, it's wonderful to just celebrate our faith in such a wonderful and international way. We are coming up to our break, Bernadette, already. But we've got to get to opening ceremonies. So please stay with us through the break. When we get back, we're going to talk about this week directly with Pope Francis at World Youth Day. Yes, it sounds good. There's a lot to talk about. (laughs) Stay with us. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on this Friday. If you haven't done so yet, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. It's just loaded with information. You can get access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune into live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio. You can even sign up for customized prayer reminders and so much more. That is Mater Day Radio's free Hail Mary Media app. All the information on our website at materdayradio.com. 
Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at ModernDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. Summertime is a great time to drive the open road. Unless your old, reliable wheels just aren't up to the task anymore. You know who could use that old car? Mater Day Radio. You can donate most vehicles, cars, trucks, vans, RVs, and boats to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program with the proceeds supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast and in return, getting yourself a likely tax deduction. More information on our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Popular Blue Lake Park closing soon. We'll tell you about it in the news. And Portland police beginning to record their encounters beginning next week. What do you need to know? Well, I'll tell you more about it right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Jory with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we're talking about one of the most influential women of early Christendom. This woman's influence was so powerful that she's revered not only by the Roman Catholic Church, but Eastern Orthodox, Anglicans, and even Lutherans consider her to be an example of sainthood. St. Helena of Constantinople has many reasons to be remembered, but perhaps the most obvious is as the mother of Constantine, who was the first Christian emperor of Rome. Born somewhere around the year 248 AD, Anno Domini, she was a native of the Eastern Roman Empire in what is modern-day Turkey. 
there has been a lot of speculation about Helena's early life and family origins. Some claim that she was a Greek of low birth, and it isn't clear how exactly she became romantically connected to the Roman tetrarch Constantius. But whatever the state of their union, Helena and the Roman leader did have a son together, the future emperor Constantine I. Unfortunately, their marriage didn't last. She never remarried, but instead devoted herself to her son, who had a deep love and affection for her. Upon the death of Constantius in 306, Constantine was named Augustus Emperor by his troops, and like a true and loyal son, he brought his mother back to the imperial court and publicly honored her. He crowned her with the title of Augusta, proclaiming her the sovereign mother of the Roman Empire. There's some debate as to when Helena actually became a Christian. Some historians claim she was a Christian from birth, while others hold that she was converted to Christianity later in life. Church tradition teaches the latter. She took it upon herself to spread Christianity throughout the kingdom, erecting churches throughout the empire and offering help to the poor and needy communities. In 324, when Helena was around 80 years old, she journeyed to Palestine. While there, she had several more special churches built, one in Bethlehem, near the location of Christ's nativity, and one on the Mount of the Ascension. It was also during this time that she and her group uncovered the true cross of Christ. Three crosses were actually unearthed, and at the behest of Saint Marcarius of Jerusalem, she took each one to a sick woman who had an incurable disease, having the one woman touch them one by one. She touched the first and nothing happened. The second one also, nothing happened. But when she touched the third cross, she was immediately cured. Based on this miracle, it was declared the true cross of Christ and Helena had the Basilica of the Holy Sepulchre built on the exact spot where the cross had been found. The Feast of the Holy Cross celebrated on September 14th actually commemorates this event. After her death in 330, the place where she had lived was demolished and the Church of the Holy Cross was built over it. Helena was such a holy woman that even her home became a site for Christian worship. And she is beloved not just for being the mother of Constantine I, but also for her heroic dedication to spreading Christianity. St. Helena of Constantinople, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. At the U.S. State Department on Thursday, Principal Deputy Spokesperson Vendant Patel condemned the recent seizure of a Jesuit-run university in Nicaragua and called for the release of political prisoners there, including Bishop Rolando Alvarez. The dictatorship of President Daniel Ortega on Tuesday confiscated all the assets and bank accounts of the Central American University run by the Society of Jesus, accusing the school of terrorism. The university confirmed the government action in an email Wednesday. In its message, the UCA informed the university community that on August 15th, the 10th Criminal District Court of Managua announced the seizure of a real estate furnishings, money in national or foreign currency from frozen bank accounts, financial products in national or foreign currency owned by the UCA. The court also ruled that from now on, the regime will be in charge of all educational programs. In its email, the UCA said the measures were taken based on 
unfounded allegations that it functioned as a center of terrorism, organizing criminal groups. Well, if you're a fan of Portland area's popular Blue Lake Park, a heads up for you, the regional park in Fairview, operated by Metro, is set to close in September for renovations. It more than likely will not reopen until the spring of next year. Metro Senior Capital Projects Manager Brent Shelby says Metro has never closed an existing park for so long before, so it was really a big decision by the agency. But he adds some of the park's water and sewer lines are more than 50 years old, and they run through much of the park, stressing when completed. The park will have a system that can welcome many future generations of visitors. Metro will hold a family play day and information session on Sunday, August 27th at the park from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. with games and Metro staff on site to discuss the renovations. After nearly a decade of debate and delay, some Portland police officers will finally begin wearing body cameras starting on Monday. Until now, Portland had been the largest municipal police department in the country without law enforcement body cameras. About 150 officers with the Portland Police Bureau from the Central Precinct and PPB's Focused Intervention Team, a gun violence reduction group, will use Axon technology for a two-month pilot program per PB. PPB policy, officers are required to turn on their body cameras for every call for service. Beyond that, the cameras automatically turn on in the most crucial moments when an officer pulls a gun, pulls a taser, or turns on vehicle lights. PPB said officers cannot delete, edit, or alter recorded videos. The system keeps track of who views a video and when they watch it. Under that agreement, officers will be allowed to review video footage before writing a report for minor cases, but not for the bigger events like use of force, incidents, shootings, and injuries. In those cases, officers must give an interview or statement first before watching the video back. Well, Nestle is recalling some of its cookie dough products due to the possible presence of wood fragments, according to an announcement by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The voluntary recall affects two types of 16.5-ounce Nestle Toll House chocolate chip cookie dough break-and-bake bar products produced in late April. The recalled packages should not be prepared or eaten, but should be returned to the retailer where they were purchased for a replacement or refund, the company said. Nestle said other varieties of the refrigerated or edible cookie dough are not affected. The company said illnesses have not been reported, but a small number of consumers made Nestle USA aware of the issue. This is the latest of several food product recalls this summer. In July, several Trader Joe products were recalled for possible contamination, including almond windmill and dark chocolate chunk and almond cookies. Oregon Health and Science University and Legacy Health, the two largest health systems in the area, announced Wednesday that they have signed a non-binding letter of intent to combine their respective organization, the first step in a merger expected to close in 2024. As part of the agreement, once the merger is complete, OHSU has agreed to a capital commitment of about $1 
$1.6 billion over 10 years to help the combined organization expand services, while Legacy has agreed to direct its net cash on hand and investments to a new independent foundation that will address critical community health care needs and disparity. PBJ reports that Legacy Health has struggled financially since the COVID-19 pandemic, saying Legacy has an operating margin of negative 6% for fiscal year 2023 and a $172 million loss. And in sports, a rough night for the Philadelphia Eagles in their preseason NFL game with the Cleveland Browns. Two Eagles players had to be carted off the field after suffering neck injuries. Thankfully, wide receiver Tyree Cleveland and rookie defensive lineman Moro Ojomo have movement in their extremities, according to team officials. Following the game, Philadelphia head coach Nick Sirianni said he had not talked to the doctors yet, but it sounds like the players are moving around, but he didn't know anything else besides that. The game with the Browns ended in a 18-18 tie. Two more NFL preseason games are scheduled for tonight. Oh, I hate to hear that on preseason. Did you see the hit? I did not. No, I just read about it. And uh, yeah, always scary when that happens. Shane Porter, husband and father of two fine young men, was struggling with two cancers when he bought a 1969 Jeep Commando as a family fixer-upper. He hoped to create fond memories in what he knew could be his last few years. From 2016 to 2022, the family tinkered away, and then Porter, a 30-year-old, a 30-year employee at the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, passed away at 57. The Jeep was not finished and neither his wife of more than 35 years nor his sons Michael and Tim could bring themselves to lay a finger on the car. The barely functioning automobile sat there for months with the family unwilling to either part with it or keep repairing it until one day a family friend and head of the automotive technician class at Corona High School paid the family a visit and said, the Jeep would be a stellar project for his students. Once inside the school, Bob Mogger and his family realized, and his class realized that the Jeep needed much more work than they first thought. The class provided free labor on cars, typically to those belonging to family members of the students, provided that the owner buys any new parts. So with this Jeep, the engine needed to be rebuilt with many new parts. There were structural issues as well, and the cooling system needed refurbishing along with transmission and transportation. There was also electrical malfunctions and a bad infestation of rust. The rebuild took the class 15 months, with the classes regularly involving other areas of the school trade programs like the metal shop class, and Mogger regularly paying out of his pocket for the parts. But on July 27th, the class presented the Porter family with the car sparkling with a new coat of metallic paint. Nice. He said he's not just showing the kids a new trade, but also showing them how to be really good people. Very nice. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Saturday from 8 in the morning till 3 o'clock is the St. Alice Catholic Church Rummage Sale in Springfield. St. Alice Rummage Sale will offer furniture, filing cabinets, dressers, storage, kitchenware galore, and 
quality toddler classroom table, and so very much more. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, I wanted to let folks know that we needed to move our interview with Laura Tennant, who is the keynote speaker for the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization, Champions of Faith Dinner, to 840. So Laura will join us at 840. Until then, though, we will continue our wonderful interview with Bernadette on her trip to World Youth Day right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. In your hands, O Lord, we humbly entrust our deceased brothers and sisters. Matrade Radio joins Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services for a special rosary for the faithful departed on Wednesday, August 30th. Cards will be available to request a special intention for your loved one. Deacon David Hamus will lead the Holy Rosary and Litany of the Faithful Departed at 12.30 at Gethsemane Chapel in Happy Valley and 2.30 at Mount Calvary Catholic Cemetery in Portland on Wednesday afternoon, August 30th. Be a part of this uplifting time of peace and renewal. For more information, search the keyword rosary on the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us in this powerful prayer session for Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services and Mater Dei Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8-12 and Mater Dei Radio. A very pleasant, refreshing 78 degrees today. How about that? Sunny skies. Mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 54. May see a little haze or smoke tomorrow with the high back up to 87. Currently 63 degrees at St. Alice Church in Springfield. And I am back this morning with Bernadette Curl. Bernadette has spent the past few weeks giving us an update on her pilgrimage to World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal. And she is back well, giving us just a final recap of all of the events. Bernadette, thank you so much for staying with us. Yes, thank you, Brenda. So we spent our first half hour for our listeners who are just tuning in, just kind of giving a lay of the land, some of the things that you were able to do before you got to World Youth Day, your host family that you were able to stay with. You said you had to stay 30 minutes outside of the city. It, it, with that many people coming from around the world, it really took a, a citywide, even a a, a, a Providence-wide uh, effort to try to get this going. Everything felt very well organized, you said, once you got to Portugal. Yes, all of the smaller events that happened around the city did feel very well organized. There was actually an app that told you which events were going on and when and where they were. I think the big thing was there were just so many people there. I think more than more than they expected, way more than registered. And so a lot of the smaller events did fill up pretty quickly. Um, but other than that, it did feel pretty well organized, I would say. So when you gathered then, was the first event for World Youth Day when you all gathered was for the opening ceremony? 
Yes. So that was the first big event with the Pope. The previous night, I think I had mentioned, um, maybe in one of my recordings, there was a group for USA pilgrims specifically. I think they did that for a lot of the countries. Uh, one of my friends from Italy went to like the, the Italy group meeting. But so yeah, we had the U.S. meeting where Bishop Barron spoke and we met up with the Archdiocese group, too, and saw Archbishop Sample. So that, that was really nice to see some familiar faces but then the first large event with the Pope was, it would have been Thursday then, because the U.S. group meeting was uh, Wednesday. So yeah, Thursday was the opening ceremony. And that was in the afternoon, but it was an all-day event. You had to get there very early in the morning if you wanted a good spot. So our group from Oregon did get there, and uh, parts from Seattle and San Antonio too, did get there very early in the morning, got a spot very up close to the stage. And then the Pope drove by and we were pretty close to him then as well. I want to remind our listeners, please go to Mater Day Radio right at the top of the page. You'll see a link, World Youth Day Updates. And there, Bernadette had submitted throughout the weeks that she was there some wonderful pictures. You'll be able to see both that picture of the opening ceremony where they were uh, in Lisbon. And then also, well, a very up-close picture with Pope Francis. He drove right by you. How did that happen? Yes. Yeah, so he drove by us a couple of times, actually. So, yeah, first of First on the Wednesday, which was a surprise when he first uh, arrived in Lisbon, we happened to be at the place he was driving by. And then a second time at the opening ceremony, he drove around through the crowds, through the plaza, through the little park we were uh, all gathered in up to the stage. So we were about probably 10 or 15 feet away from him again that second time. And then I think the picture that we sent, uh, that was the third time at like, the final event on Sunday that okay. he was very close to us. Yeah. So, Bernadette, between the opening ceremony and then when you gathered for the final uh, prayer service before the closing mass, what happened in those days in between? Yes. So after the uh, opening ceremony day, so Thursday, so we had all of Friday, uh, we were able to split off into small groups and decide what we wanted to do on our own. I believe a lot of the U.S. pilgrims went to the Stations of the Cross with the Pope. That was the next big event with the Pope that Friday. That drew, I think I heard 800,000 people. Oh, my. The opening ceremony drew 500,000, and then there were 800,000 in that same location again for Stations of the Cross. So we, we didn't go to that because we did go to the opening ceremony, and we knew we'd have a chance to see the Pope again at the final event. So uh, my siblings and I and then some other friends went to a small church where they had uh, some relics on display, actually, relics on display for veneration. And it, one of our friends, uh, there were relics from one of our friends, patron saint, so he was very excited to go see that especially. Um, so yeah, there were second class relics from Blessed Pierre Giorgio, so his rosary and his pickaxe. And then pieces of the tombs of Saints uh, Francisco and Jacinta Marto. And then the personal icon of Mary of Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II. Bernadette Curl back from her pilgrimage to World Youth Day, just sharing some of her final thoughts and experiences from this wonderful event. So we were able to keep up through the pictures you were sending. Of course, we were also following along with many news channels and and websites. We were also following pilgrims. We know that as it, almost as a crescendo throughout the days, it was all leading to 
this singular event in this time of prayer, in the prayer vigil, and then the closing mass. So tell our listeners how you were able to experience those last couple of days. Yes. So we didn't realize, well, I didn't realize how big of an event the uh, closing prayer vigil and the closing mass were. I thought it was just another big event with the Pope. We didn't realize how, I didn't realize how many people specifically would be going to that event. So we started out Saturday morning. We drove to a location where our bus could stay while we were at the event. And we walked two hours with all of our gear to the, all of our camping gear to the location where we were going to be staying. Actually, we didn't realize it was such a long walk. We just got off the bus and started walking, and it was like, wait, we've got two hours to get there. Wow. Just because it was so crowded uh, near where the event was itself, we didn't think our bus would actually be able to get down there in time to get a good spot. Um, So we walked down there, and the crowds were just huge. For the entire two hours, there were massive crowds of pilgrims walking down there as well, which... Again, just seeing so many people from so many different countries going to one location. You know, they all had their different flags, so we knew which countries they were coming from. That that was an incredible experience as well, even though it was rough walking mm-hmm. for two hours down there. Uh, so we got down there. Yeah, massive crowds. We finally were able to get into our uh, the camping spot where we were going to be staying. Um, and it was very, very hot. I think a heat wave was going through that day. Oh, no. Specifically. So I think it got up to, I think, 100 degrees. I forgot what it was, Celsius. And we were just out in a big open field, exposed. But it was very, very well planned out. So there were sections where people were camping and then subsections. So we were in one subsection with uh, 100 to maybe 200 other pilgrims. And they had water stations all set up, plenty of bathrooms. So it was actually, even though it was hot, it was very well set up. It was actually very enjoyable, I would say. But yeah. Wow. So that was for the prayer vigil. So Mm -hmm. when you said you had all your gear, you had to prepare to stay there the whole night. Because right after that, the next morning was the final mass? Yes, that's correct. So we had all of our camping gear with us. We got there relatively early in the afternoon, so we actually were able to find a good spot for our U.S. group. There were other people, though, that didn't actually get to get to their camping spots because I believe double the number of people ended up showing up. I Mm. think they were expecting 700,000, 800,000 people, and there were over 1.5 million that came to that final event. I think that... It, it just really boggles the mind to n- just know that many people gathering for that singular event. What an amazing experience. I think one that you'll never forget. Now, we are running out of time, and it's been wonderful to talk with you. I can't let you go. We've <laughs> talked about the trading that happened and that pins could go back and forth and you'd meet different people. What were some of the things that you were able to trade back and forth with the other pilgrims from around the world? Yeah, so we had, we were trading these bracelets that had like the U.S. flag on them and some little U.S. uh, keychains, sorry. Um, And I think we received some different holy cards. We received a lot of candy from the different countries people were from, a lot of candy from Mexico especially, which was very cool. Um, Bracelets. I think we received some little rosaries as well. I know some other people 
got like handmade rosaries that people had made. I think I had mentioned the Australians had like these little stuffed koalas, the Australian group we met. I didn't get one, sadly. <laughs> but a lot of people had handmade items they had been working on for months even to wow. bring specifically. Oh, trade. and then anything unusual that you ate that you found different than what we have here in the United States, but still incredibly enjoyable? Nothing that was too extremely different from things we would eat in the U.S. We had paella in Madrid, which oh, was okay. very good. But I, I like paella, so that, that wasn't weird or anything. Um, we loved the little custard tarts that you had told us about, the nata. Those right? were amazing. And then there, there were these custard-filled donuts, too, in Portugal. Those were our favorites. We got a lot of those. Oh, Bernadette, yeah. I love it. I never ran across a sweet that I just did mm. not love. So it's wonderful to enjoy that. Bernadette, again, I just can't help smiling and hear about your different experiences. I could just tell from your enthusiasm, it just was truly a wonderful event. My question for you now is this. So it's wonderful to be together, to be inspired and feel that fire of the Holy Spirit when you are together. But Pope Francis sent all of you back to your homes to keep that fire burning. And for your experience, how do you feel like you are going to be able to use your experience at World Youth Day and use it to transform, well, your world here in Portland. Yes. Yeah, so I think something a lot of us talked about, something that really transformed us on the trip is we've experienced Christ in a lot of ways through the sacraments, through the church. But this was a very special experience specifically to experience Christ in others. Um, I think I heard that almost every country in the world was represented at World Youth Day and all of them Catholics, all, well, I would assume, most of them Catholics, I would assume. Sure, yeah. Um, all coming together to see the Pope and to participate in adoration and mass. And so it was such a special experience to see Christ in others. And I think that's something that all of us carried with us specifically, like a love of other people, like especially um, and of our differences as well, but also our common faith that we all share together. I just, I feel so much more connected to the universal church as a whole. And I think everyone on our group uh, agreed with that as well. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a way we were changed for sure. <laughs> oh, I love it. And just let mm -hmm. that fire and change just mm -hmm. continue to grow. You feel like you're ready to go back to the next World Youth Day that they announced it was going to be in Seoul, South Korea? Yes. Yeah. We'll have to see about that. <laughs> I I would be very excited to go. I've um, never been to Asia before, so that would be a very amazing experience. Um, we also heard about the Jubilee year in Rome as well. That's I right. The missionaries were thinking about planning something there too, which might be fun. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Bernadette, if you go to either one of those, please keep Mater Day Radio in mind. We'd love to follow you to both those pilgrimages. Thank you so very much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And again, that is a Bernadette Curl. So if you want to catch up on all of her adventures to World Youth Day, please go to Mater Day Radio. All of her photos are there, her past updates. And of course, you're going to find this interview in its entirety. Again, you'll find it materdayradio.com. And it is 8.25 at Mater Day Radio, On the Road with Bernadette. It's a it new was, segment. I think that is fantastic. Yeah. We can follow her through to her college classes, <laughs> when she goes out to eat. We can just have a good time knowing what Bernadette's up to these uh, days. That's great. Well, we really appreciate her doing the reports, uh, 
from World Youth Day and joining us here in Mater Day Radio Studios. So a great interview. Good luck to Bernadette. She's probably off to college now, right? Just, she certainly you, is. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, we'll have more for you coming up right after this. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Hurricane Hillary spinning in Baja heading this way. Details in the news. And after returning from World Youth Day, a popular bishop says the dumbing down of our faith has been going on too long. I'll have that story coming up for you in news. Here is a village lights, Christ our King. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
Lights and Christ Our King. It is 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, parts of the Southwest and Southern California bracing for the arrival of Hurricane Hillary, which has intensified into a Category 4 storm as it nears Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. It is expected to weaken over the weekend as it brings rain and the threat of flooding to the region. Now, Hillary was churning about 425 miles south of Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, early this morning with sustained winds of 140 miles per hour with stronger gusts, according to the National Hurricane Center. Heavy rainfall is expected to begin impacting the southwest today and through early next week. Weekend flood watches have been issued across Southern California, stretching from San Diego to Los Angeles as residents prepare for potential deluges. Now, if Hillary makes landfall in California as a tropical storm, it will be a rare occurrence. The first such storm there in nearly 84 years and would be only the third tropical storm or stronger to do so on record. So yeah, definitely worth watching. They say it could even make its way up here to Oregon, Certainly much weakened, but we could see some rain from it. Some rain for sure. We could use that. Uh, and again, I, like I said in the first hour, I'm going to maybe touch in with the parents yeah. and see what they're doing there in Southern California and San Diego area uh, in preparation. Bishop Robert Barron of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota, this week argued that events such as the recently concluded World Youth Day are not only relevant to the Catholic Church, but also essential to counteract what he said has been the practice of dumbing down the faith too much for too long. In an interview with EWTN, he was asked what makes World Youth Day so special. Bishop Barron argued that people are hungry for God, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they can feel it directly or not. Barron said young people don't want an uncertain trumpet. They don't want a vacillating message. They want something clear, and when they get it, they respond to it. The bishop reflected on his own generation when he said got a dumbed-down Catholicism that had been a pastoral disaster. That assessment, he argued, is not just my private opinion, but it's reflected in every survey showing more people disaffiliating from the Catholic faith. Well, this is pretty amazing, but a man scaled the Eiffel Tower in Paris on Thursday, then parachuted off the iconic landmark. 
The tower's management company said the man was detected in less than a minute by security after entering the site. Attempts by the tower's intervention brigade to deter him proved unsuccessful, and he went ahead with his jump from the attraction. He landed on the roof of a nearby sports center before being arrested by police. The tower was slightly delayed in opening on Thursday morning due to the incident. Now, the incident is the latest in a series of security breaches over the past week at the site. Two American men were discovered on Monday after spending a drunken night up the Eiffel Tower, according to the Monuments Management Company. Then on Saturday, there was a bomb threat, and uh, that closed it for a Mm. while, too. So, yeah, it's one of those things. Bargaining teams from Evergreen Public School and the Evergreen Education Association have brought in a state mediator to help reach a tentative agreement amid stalled contract negotiations. Union President Christy Peak said that if the two sides can't reach a tentative agreement by the union's membership meeting on August 23rd, the union will likely vote on whether to authorize a strike. Even in that event, however, Peak said the union would continue bargaining until a deal is reached. As of Wednesday, Peak said the two sides are not close to an agreement. Evergreen's proposed three-year contract would feature a 4.7% raise this year, including what's provided in the annual state-funded inflationary bonus, known as the implicit price deflator. The second year of the contract will feature a 0.5% raise in addition to the bonus, and the final year staff would only receive what is provided by the deflator. A district representative said the district bargaining team hopes the addition of a mediator will advance talks. The union current contract expires August 31st. The school year begins August 30th. Okay. Please get this done. Please. <laughs> you being a mom with a <laughs> with a student. student in the Evergreen School District. Yeah. That's right. All right. In sports, University of Portland women's soccer team opened the 2023 regular season by shutting out Cal State Northridge one to nothing last night at Matador Soccer Field. Pilots controlled the match from start to finish as senior striker Nedia Sawan tallied the game winner early in the first half, and Portland would not allow a shot on goal through regulation. Sawan's goal was the 20th of her career as she became the 31st pilot to score 20 or more goals. Pilot junior goalkeeper Bree Norris notched her 20th career shutout, which ranks eighth in program history. Portland concludes its season opening road trip on Sunday at defending NCAA champion and preseason number one UCLA. Kickoff scheduled for 2 p.m. with live video coverage on the Pac-12 networks. Many Catholics from an older generation will call it, remember, the midnight fast. It meant that one could not eat before Mass starting from the midnight before. For this reason, Masses were generally celebrated at dawn, and Masses in the evening were extremely rare. Few people wanted to fast all day long before attending Mass and receiving Holy Communion. This practice of fasting before Mass is an ancient discipline present as early as the second century. It remained in place until Pope Pius XII reduced the fast to three hours in 1957. The fast was further shortened in 1964 when Pope Paul VI lowered it to one hour before reception of communion. The current Code of Canon Law reflects these changes and states, 
A person who is to receive the most holy Eucharist is to abstain for at least one hour before Holy Communion from any food and drink except for only water and medicine. However, in some cases, those rules do not apply. It says the elderly, the infirm, and those who care for them can receive the most holy Eucharist even if they have eaten something within the preceding hour. Jesus knew the power of fasting and went into the desert without food for 40 days before setting out on his public ministry. Fasting builds up our spiritual strength, and the church asks us to complete this simple task every time we receive Holy Communion for our own benefit. Just like any athlete, we need to exercise discipline, and fasting is great for building those spiritual muscles. Without fasting, we are weak. And our passions drive us to whatever the wind blows. I really appreciated when they established coffee and donuts after Mass. Thank you very much yes. for that. Because, you know, when you have been fasting, especially right. when you go to Sunday morning Mass, you haven't had anything, and then you have the, the communion, your stomach starts to really <laughs> rumble afterwards. Right. <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And next Tuesday at 7 o'clock is Young Catholic Professionals Executive Speaker Series. August speaker is Portland Timbers soccer legend Diego Valeri. Come enjoy Diego's talk, free appetizers and drinks, a spiritual reflection and fellowship with other Catholic young adults. This is a free event, but registration is required. And you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, I am really looking forward to our next interview. Laura Tennant, an amazing golfer. She's this year's keynote speaker at the CYO's Champions of Faith dinner. We're going to talk with Laura right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline. For married couples. Are you passionate about student-centered Catholic education and helping children grow as disciples of Christ? Sacred Heart Catholic School in Jervis, Oregon is hiring for new teachers to join their team in the heart of the beautiful Willamette Valley. Current openings include teachers for pre-K, fourth and fifth grade, and middle school. 
For more information, please visit school.shstl.org. That's school.shstl.org. Hi, everyone. This is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Matraday Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. And it is 741 here at Matra Day Radio. Boy, David, just looking out the window this morning, I just want to go outside and breathe deeply. I know. It's a lot cooler. Thank it you. It is. In fact, it's well more than 10 degrees cooler uh, than it was yesterday. We've got a great day ahead. By lunchtime, we're sitting right around 71 degrees. Then this afternoon, highs climbing to the upper 70s possibly hitting 80 in some areas. Overnight, we're going to cool off to 54 degrees. Then tomorrow, lots of sunshine. We might be getting a little bit more of that wildfire smoke and haze in the air. Highs right around 87. Heating up a little bit more on Sunday, back into the low 90s. But then, well, a nice 80-degree week ahead. All right, 64 degrees to St. John the Baptist in Milwaukee. And it is 63 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview, Washington. Well, mark your calendar for Tuesday, October 17th. That's when the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization Camp Howard hosts its 12th annual Champions of Faith Benefit Dinner at the Oregon Convention Center. Be another wonderful evening of fellowship and fun. This year's keynote speaker is Laura Tennant. Laura is an incredible golfer who holds an array of titles, including... U.S. Senior Women's Amateur Champion in 2018, 19, 2021, and the British Senior Women's Amateur Champion in 2019, as well as numerous state and regional titles. She's also a member of the Pacific Northwest Golfing Association Hall of Fame. We're very honored to be joined by Laura this morning on The Morning Blend. Good morning, Laura. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, good morning, David. It's it's great to speak with all of you. So uh, I got to ask you: Did we get you on the bo- on the phone before you head to the links today? Oh my goodness! Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Already uh, in my golf clothes, ready to head out to practice a little bit. Uh, thankfully, a little cooler. That is uh, that's a good thing. It has been very hot, and so I have been trying to dictate my practice according to the weather because I don't want to get too tired sure you know when i was younger i and I, I had like a junior golf membership and i loved playing in the hot weather as i've gotten older yeah maybe not so much but back in the day i didn't mind the heat too much well we as we age as you all know we we get out of bed and have a few more creaks and cracks <laughs> and all that so I, the heat i actually don't mind as well, because it makes just my whole body feel better, my back feel better. But uh, when you get over 100 degrees, it's yeah, a little different. That that's that gets a little too much there. Well, you know, I really appreciate your time today because I know you have a very big week ahead as you will be playing in the U.S. Senior Women's Open starting next Thursday, August 24th right here at Waverly Country Club. And, I mean, how excited are you for that? 
I'm I'm just thrilled to be playing in that tournament. Uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but Waverly is my home course. Yeah. So to be playing a, a professional USGA event at my home course is 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 just thrilling. It's very exciting. There's been a lot of anticipation the past couple years, and all of a sudden it's here. And I'm just I'm just really excited to tee off on Thursday morning. You've got the home court advantage. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm hoping so. You know, it's interesting. I have played in some big events at Waverly before. And what always happens and what I'm very prepared for is I will be in different areas of the golf course I've never seen before. Wow. Because just in, in competition, that just happens. So I I feel like mentally I have to just prepare for this is a tournament, uh, and things could happen that are good too, not necessarily bad. Sure. Um, that um, that maybe I haven't uh, prepared for at Waverly, but it's always better to be prepared for the unexpected and have it not happen. Right. No, no, no. It's it's going to be exciting. And I saw too, your daughter is going to be your caddy. Yes. Yes. One of our twins, uh, Caroline. She's moving to New York City the week after uh, the tournament, so she is my designated caddy. I always have a family member caddy for me. Uh, for me, it's it's more time with them, and whether it's my husband, uh, my brother, my father, or, or one of my children, uh, more time with them, and it's it, it just calms me down. Right. No, that's wonderful. That'll be an exciting week for sure. And uh, speaking of family, again, speaking with Laura Tennant, she is this year's keynote speaker for the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization's Champions of Faith Dinner. That's coming up on Tuesday, October 17th, Oregon Convention Center. Certainly go to CYO's website, cyocamphoward.org, to get your tickets. It's a wonderful evening. You will really enjoy it. And again, speaking of family, how did you get connected with CYO? Oh, I've been connected with CYO all of my life. Uh, my husband played CYO sports for St. Agatha. Hey. I played CYO, are you a St. Agatha person? Well, I've, I've played them many times. Uh, my daughter's at St. John Fisher, and so oh. we, we, we matched up with St. Agatha, particularly in volleyball, numerous times. Yeah, so you typically have a great team. And so I played for Madeline. I grew up from uh, at Madeline nice. grade school. And then our children attended Cathedral uh, Grade School, and I coached, and I was the athletic director there for a few years. And so we have been involved with CYO. Our kids went to camp. Uh, my nieces and nephews all participated. So, you know, CYO has been an integral part of our lives uh, forever and ever. And I just think it's one of the most fantastic youth sport programs in the nation. It just offers everything for kids, but it has such a great philosophy. Um, so I, I'm so happy. To oh, speak. that's great. Yeah, no, you'll be a wonderful speaker for sure with that history you have with CYO. And I've said this before too, Laura, and I know you, you know this from being a part of CYO. When you get involved with CYO and start participating with the programs, you make lifelong friends. It's amazing. Absolutely. In fact, I, I'm filling um, at least one of our tables at the event with 
people I went to grade school with and played CYO sports with. So, I mean, we, we stay in touch. Those are just memories that, you know, never leave you and your coaches that you had, uh, the people that you played with and also played against because ultimately many of us went to high school together. I attended Central Catholic High School and many of my friends, uh, you know, girlfriends attended um, St. Mary's Academy. So, you know, these are people you continue to compete against and see in high school. And and then as we all raised our children here in Portland, then they all started, you know, seeing each other at other sporting events, yeah. BYO events. So it's it's just one great big uh, community that um, really really is there for one another. Yeah, and the great thing about the Champions of Faith dinner, too, it raises funds for scholarships for kids who might not be able to afford to be a part of the programs. This gives them an opportunity to do that. As athletic director at uh, Cathedral, I saw that firsthand, yeah. and there was never a question. There, Any child, any family that wanted to participate, no questions asked. They, they were able to participate and uh, it, it's a great scholarship program. So that is such an integral part of CYO. Every child, every family can have their child participate. Absolutely. Again, it is the Champions of Faith dinner coming up October 17th, the Oregon Convention Center here in Portland, Tuesday evening. Going to be a wonderful event. You can get your tickets at cyocamphoward.org. Laura Tennant is going to be the keynote speaker this year. Really looking forward to that. Laura, we'll let you go. Wonderful to talk with you. Thank you so much. And we wish you so much luck in the tournament next week. It's just going to be fantastic. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. All right. Well, God bless. Thank you. And it is 8.51 here at Mantra Day Radio. Of course, Champions of Faith, always such a wonderful event. And to have this great keynote speaker, yeah. Laura, is going to be just even better. So, boy, wouldn't that be fun if they had uh, golf as yeah. the next CYO sport? I don't know how they'd pull that off, but... Uh, it'd be fun. Who knows? Uh, when uh, Laura does her keynote presentation of the Champions of Faith Dinner, she may be the U.S. Open women's <gasps> champion, senior oh. champion. How about that? Now now I'm going to definitely be watching and <laughs> keeping up on that. Now that Champions of Faith Dinner coming up soon. The details, well, you're going to be able to find them on our community calendar. Deborah has worked, too, already this weekend. She has gotten so many things on that calendar that you can start doing. In fact, tonight there are things happening all through the weekend for the rest of the month to enjoy your summer and well into the fall. So definitely check out our community calendar, matradayradio.com. You're also going to have access to it on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day E Radio as we pray an act of faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh my God, 
I firmly believe that you are one God in three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe that your divine Son became man and died for our sins, and that he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe these and all the truths which the Holy Catholic Church teaches because you have revealed them, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. And it is 855 at Mater Day Radio. Much cooler today, <laughs> much more comfortable, a high of 78 degrees under sunny skies, mostly clear overnight tonight, low of 54, and then may see a little smoke and haze tomorrow, heating up again a little bit, up to 87, could be in the 90s, low 90s on Sunday, sunny skies, currently 66 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, it is I Am They... No impossible with you. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Right now I'm staring down a giant. Right now I can't see past my pain. No
I am they and no impossible with you. It's 8.59 at Monterey Radio. Hey, just like that, we are going to wrap it up for the week. The Morning Blend, David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for being with us. We do appreciate it. Big week next week because we are going to have tickets all week long to give away to the Vancouver Wine and Jazz Festival. You're not going to want to miss it. So, uh, Get your uh, phone dialing ready. Okay, I'll be ready. I'll have our phone on speed dial. There you go. I like <laughs> that. So uh, thank you, everyone. And that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. Hey, a new episode of View from hey. the Pew coming up this evening. We're going to talk more about our vacation and a little bit about when your son wants to be in the military. Okay. We hope you have a very blessed day.